0: Hello everybody and welcome once again to Vineyard Community Church uh, where today we're going to start and and move into a new series um, that I'm calling Developing a Disciple's Heart. We've been in a a series called Doing, going through the book of Matthew and uh, we've touched on this idea developing a disciple's heart in that series and as I was praying this week and and reading through Matthew some more and and, uh, I just felt that this was a direction that we needed to go in for the next season to to dig deeper into the idea of of a disciple's heart and what that looks like and and how we can all be more fully developed in that area. Um, Our scripture reading for today uh, here in this introduction is Matthew 22, verses 36 uh, through 40. And uh, let me go ahead and read that to you. It says, teacher, which is the greatest commandment In the law. And Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Um, Jesus, in effect, here is asked what the most important commandment was. Um, the the person who asked it is actually trying to trip him up a little bit, but I love the response that Jesus um, gives. Uh, This could have been, you know, think about the question, a very complex, uh, detailed answer, but that's not what he gives. He gives this amazingly simple and perfect answer. Love God and love your neighbor as yourself. Love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. As yourself. This is the answer that that Jesus gives uh, really to the to the biggest question, you know, to the question most people have. What's the most important thing in life? That's really the 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 basic part of that. What's the most what's it what's it all about? What's the and he said, look, this is this is it. Love God with all that you've got. Love your neighbor as yourself. And as I was sort of really uh, contemplating that again this week and thinking about what that means and, and uh, the direction he's taking us and everything that he's been moving us into over the last season, uh, um, that, that, that that's, if that's the priority, then it just makes sense that that's the direction we head in. And that loving God and loving others, as we talked about in our last series, is really what comes out of a disciple's heart. It's, it's what happens. It's, it's the, it is what's supposed to be taking place. And so fully developing this disciple's heart, then, is, is where our journey needs to take us for now. It's what we need to really focus on. He called it a priority. Let's, let's dig into it and make it the priority in our lives and, and together, as a group, um, become the best disciples that we can for him, the best followers that we can be for him in our own brokenness and our own mess and all those things, but still um, giving him the best that we have in the process. And so we're going to be talking about uh, in the weeks ahead, uh, and it's our first point, developing then a disciple's heart. Developing a disciple's heart. Now, uh, we always try here to, um, my hope is, that we make this practical, that, that we get up here after, week after week and, and that we, we always want to give you practical ways to apply um, the scripture to your lives, to, to practically move out into the world to be his followers, to, uh, that, it, that it's not just something that you come and, and listen to, and, but it's something that, that impacts you, that changes you, that helps you to move in the direction that we all want to move in. And, and so we've developed over a, a period of time uh, ideas for you that I think um, are what, what happens when our disciples' heart is engaged. And, and they tie into those verses that we read in our scripture reading today um, three things that, that to me are sort of the key to this process. And, and these three things are this, the little point A, it's about being Thankful. And we've talked a lot about this, and we'll talk more about this, and I try and keep it in front of you all the time, because I think it's a life-changing thing. That if we can really get to the point where every day, the, the, almost the first thing that we do is decide about what we're thankful for, it changes the rest of the day. It changes the way we look at life. It changes so many things, how we relate to other people, how we relate to God, it changes more things than, than we can even imagine. And this idea of loving God to me resonates in being thankful. Because for me, um, I remember to love God by being thankful for, uh, you know, I would say at least five things a day, but by being thankful, it reminds me of who God is and it, it, of what he's done, of what he's doing, of what he's promised to do, that he's with me. It reminds me of all those things. As I think about all the things that I had to be thankful for, it reminds me of the love of God and my desire to love him well. And you know, the, all, all this stuff comes into me about, you know, uh, who I am and, and um, what he's rescued me from and, and what I deserve, which is nothing. Uh, you know, the, the, the scripturally, I deserve death. That's what the scripture said, the wages of sin is death, I'm a sinner. That's all I deserve and yet I struggle in my flesh with feeling I've been entitled to things and, and you know, why isn't this happen and Why doesn't that happen? And that's where my struggle can take me. But if I can settle in, and just think about what I'm thankful for, everything begins to change. And it reminds me of his love for me and how much I love him. And that's the best way to go through this life is knowing that he loves me and that I love him. I'm I'm a much better everything when I have that down. I'm I'm a better husband, I'm a better father, I'm a better grandfather, I'm a better friend, I'm a better disciple, I'm a better pastor, I'm a better son, I'm a better everything when that moves to the forefront. And so it, it, it's because of, um, in that process, I'm stepping into the love of God. And I'm mindful of the fact that He's with me and for me. And look at everything that He's doing and continues to do and the promises that He's made and that He's with me forever. And, and that, you know, all those things are, are moving into to play in my life. And so it's a huge a thing to, to convey and and it moves into that scripture. It's some of the most important stuff we can do. Loving God. And, and that I, my encouragement to you is, is start every day by being thankful to help you to love God even more. And then encouraging others is something we talk about all the time here and we'll continue to talk about. That's the, the little B there under this point. Um, that that I've, I've asked you and encouraged you and prayed for you and exhorted you uh, to uh, every day try and encourage at least two people. We've come up with our own math equations to help you with the process and encourage omics and, and encouragement equations that when you, with the power of God, encourage two people, three people are encouraged because it will encourage you. We've, we lay this in front of you all the time. But see, in, in, in tying into our scripture reading today in those verses, what's the most important thing? It's about loving others. And that when you make a point, when you make a purpose in your life of being one who's going to encourage others, you're loving others. It, it helps you to move in that direction. You realize how important it is. And that you, you, you start making and incorporating that into your life, seriously loving others. And, and all that that entails, not judging people, not being critical, not moving into gossip, but, but loving others well, the way that you've been loved by God. And, and seeing how important that is in, in being his kids and his followers and his disciples. And so we're, we're, we love on him uh, by being thankful and we love on others by encouraging. And then um, this other part, you know, cause it says, love your neighbor as yourself. The way that I, I think that we go about loving ourselves is something else we've talked about a lot. And that's little point C, it's about doing the next right thing. The, 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 the best way for me to love myself scripturally is to do the next right thing in my life. That, that it's, um, it's so tempting to justify skirting the right thing with things that seem okay and then, and then trying to make it right. And that this happens all the time in our lives, that there's opportunities all the time. Well, th- this is the, you know, the opportunity that we have. Um, we could do this, but is, this the, is it really the right thing to do or is it just what I really want to do it and I want to force it to happen instead of doing the right thing? And that these concepts, you know, um, Help me to enjoy life. It simplifies life to the, to the degree that it's amazing. Because every time we, we veer off the right thing and move down that wrong path even a little bit, it causes so much anguish in our life. Now we, we, all of a sudden we have to start worrying about the things that we're doing. And, and you know, which we shouldn't have done that. We're going to get caught. And what's going to be the consequence? And, and all sorts of other stuff that we don't, don't need to have in our life. You don't have to have any of it. If you do the right thing... And, and it's, those things become a non-issue. And it's, it's tempting all the time. I've told you in the past, you know how, how we, we're always short of parking here. You may not believe it tonight um, that we have a parking issue. But on the weekends, on Sundays, we have, a, we have a tremendous parking thing going on. And I'm always looking for ways to park a few more cars. Because we get them up and down the streets. And we we had just, uh, The last weekend, we had 800 people here in the four services. It's huge for this little place, and, and it's crazy. And so a couple of years ago, I, 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 we had some old stuff in the back here um, behind the church, and I thought, you know, if we just took some of that foliage out, we could park a few more cars. And, and I, I said, and, and there's one sort of tree I know is a no-no, so we didn't touch it, thank goodness, because they're really expensive, thatch palms. I just leave the thatch pumps. Take everything else out. We'll squeeze some cars in there. Well, somebody turned us into the county, and, and the county um, sent me certified letters in the mail at here and at the house. Which I and, and at first I, I, you know, I was I was really upset about it. You know, we need the parking. Don't they get it? And why didn't they just call me? And, and but it's, I was me all the time. I was wrong. Should have done it. Knew I shouldn't have done it. Did it anyway. And and then I, I told you this. I had to in other thing, I had to work through that for a while before I called them. I took two weeks before I called them, so I could call up. And that, that I, when I did call them, instead of giving them a piece of my mind, which was totally wrong anyway, saying I was sorry, we shouldn't have done it. I apologize. You're right. We're wrong. It wasn't legal. We shouldn't have done it. How do we make it right? And then we had to make it right. We had to get trees back in there, and we had to do. And and yet they were so kind to me and and to us, and they helped us through it. And we got it done, and and we fixed it. Um, But, see, there's just things like that in my life sometimes where I've looked for a shortcut and justified not doing quite the right thing. And then you have to deal with all the other issues. And it's just easier to say, I'm just going to do the right thing. So, like, right now when you pull in, there's a pine tree in the corner of the parking lot that's dead. And I... We're going to cut it down. We're going to have to. But it's not completely dead. It's 99.95% dead. And so I'm waiting for it. I've been watching it. And I know the drill. Now I just have to call up and say, I've got a dead pine tree. I want to cut it down. Could you come and look at it and certify with me that it's absolutely dead before we cut it down? And they will kindly come out and do that. And then I'll cut it down. And then it'll be gone. And that's easier, even though it's like, it's dead, you know. It's so. But do you get that it's... It's, it's, there's, then I don't have to worry about who saw it and we shouldn't have done it. And What if one of the neighbors calls us in and i got to replant 47 pine trees for the one dead one? Uh, see, this is the process, and so it's worth it to me. So doing the next right thing allows me uh, to experience a relationship with God free from all that mess that keeps trying to get into this. It's all temporary stuff anyway. And so... Um, uh, these are the, the concepts. And so I, I've told you again and, and over and over again that those three things are really, to me, what it looks like to have a disciple's heart. Being thankful, encouraging others, and uh, doing the next right thing. That if we could just get those three things really worked into our life, it's going to impact everything. But here's where the issue comes into me in the process. Because, because life is what it is, it's very easy to get distracted. Um, it's I think it is to get just off course a little bit to get other things in the way of what i 'm supposed to be doing, and maybe you can relate to the disciples in, in point number two about this, and, and point number two is this in, in our introduction that the spirit is willing, the spirit is willing matthew twenty six forty and forty one It says this, then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Could you men not keep watch with me for one hour? He asked Peter. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Now, what's happening here, to give context to that verse, is that Jesus is in the garden of Gethsemane. And he's praying and he's crying out to God about the cross and what's coming up. And he knows what's coming up and in, in taking on the sin of the world. He knows what he's headed towards. And, and imagine the enormity of it. He, he's, he's, he's in anguish, it says. He's in sorrow as he goes. And he knows this is why he came. But still, he's going to take on the sin of the world. And, and there'll be some type of, of momentary separation as he, as he moves into that process and takes on sin. Uh, where where uh, How that all dynamics of all that work, it's, I'm not sure. But it's, this huge thing is about to happen. And he's taken, after the Last Supper, he's taken all of his disciples with him to the garden. And he's left nine of them at one spot in the garden, and he's grabbed Peter and John and James, those three who are kind of the closest to him, and he's taken them a little deeper in with him. And and because of what he's going through, he just wants wants his friends to be with him. But You need to get this picture. Jesus you know, was in relationship with these guys, and so he, he had them, and he took these three guys with him deeper into the garden, and then he just withdraws just a little bit from those three guys, and he begins to, to agonize with the Lord and, and work through this process, and, and you know, it's very descriptive, the scripture, about what he was going through and the depths of, of the despair that he was feeling, and he just wanted his friends nearby. And, and at some point he gets up and he walks back to his friends, I'm sure just to, you know, just needed a, uh, someone, and they're asleep. And he, and he just looks at them and he, he says, couldn't you give me an hour? Couldn't you give me an hour? I'm sure his friends were devastated at the process. But it's interesting when you read the verse that the question is directed at Peter. Because uh, he asks Peter, he says, could you men? But he's asking Peter, you couldn't give me an hour, Pete?" And just before they had come to Gethsemane, Peter had said that he would never forsake the Lord. Those were his words. I'll never, if everybody else might, I will never forsake you. And I believe that that expresses Peter's heart for the Lord. He means it when he says it. Yet here in the time of Jesus' greatest need, Peter couldn't even pray and hang out with him for an hour without falling asleep. And, and Jesus encourages Peter and the other guys to watch and pray, and he acknowledges the weakness of the human flesh. And see, to me, this is the issue for all of us. Um, and I believe it's the same. My deepest, heartfelt desire is to be with Jesus, It's to be his disciple, It's to follow him and to serve him. That's, that's what I want to do. But sometimes... My flesh, my, my selfishness, my issues get in the way. They just get in the way. And so even though I know that, that uh, an extremely practical way of being a disciple is by being thankful, encouraging others, and doing the next right thing, um, I need something that, that helps me even more than those ideals to stay on track. I, needed, I need something else in my life that really uh, makes it even more practical to help me hit those very practical goals in my life. And so I've been praying over time, and I've been thinking about, well, you know, developing. uh, And, you know, I don't know about you, but I have an interesting imagination, and uh, it it takes me all over the place. And so, you know, I'm thinking, you know, what do I want to do? I want something. And I thought, well, you know what? What I need is a method. And then I thought, well, I can't, I can't make a method because the methodists already have that, and uh, they already got that. And so I, well, you know, let's call it a plan. I've tried you know different plans uh, in the past, but the problem I found with plans is that they they tend to become an end in and of themselves, and that's not what I wanted in my my walk with the Lord. Uh, and then I said, well, we should we should call it like a structure. Let's come up with a structure, uh, disciples' heart structure to help us move along. But structure seems awful rigid to me, and and I think it's. It really quickly can become legalistic. You get a structure laid out. And I thought, well, okay, well, how about a strategy? Uh, and then that just seemed a little too heady. And then, and then you know, I get silly. And I, I said, well, how about a strategery? And that's just to Saturday Night Live. And, and if you don't know the reference, I apologize. And uh, no one, really? Strategery? Anyone? Nothing. Fran? Nothing. Okay, good. <laughs> it's an old Will Farrell bit on... Un- george bush never mind then i thought well maybe a guide that's kind of the the thing i've been thinking about later that would be a good thing And that, but even that, that seems a little like too mappy to me i don't know how to explain it or too mystical maybe a uh, guide and, and uh, so i was i've been really pondering this for some period of time and then i had uh, what i would think is a, a sort of a flash of a, a s- spiritual insight I, I call those things jesus moments and um I was thinking, uh, just really processing on this, you know, what could we do to really help everyone um, in the simplest of ways uh, get and stay connected throughout the day and and really live this thing out because it would bring life to all of us. And so I I had this thought, you know, we're talking about the heart and the disciples' heart. And I thought, you know, the heart's a pump. It's a type of pump. And in order to make a, a pump run properly, you have to keep it primed. And so so i thought okay that's, that's, that sounds good to me, Lord. I think what we need is a primer, and we 'll call it a Disciples disciple 's heart primer. thought so that had a nice ring to it. sounded good to me that 's your point number three a disciple 's heart primer and, and uh, I thought, well, but I, I wanted to ch- I knew the context I was thinking about, but I thought okay let me let me check it out to see how it works and so I looked it up. You know, I went to the computer and uh, Google i mean and uh, it was a fascinating thing Google. I typed in primer got some Uh, definitions of primer one of them this was that it provides instruction in the rudiments or basic skills of a branch of knowledge well that that works that's that sounds really good to me another one was uh, a primer is a fuse containing an explosive and I thought well it's not where I was headed but I like that too because um, explosives when you when you read Acts uh, chapter one, verse eight, and it talks and it says, "Jesus is telling us, guys, hang on there, because the, the Holy Spirit's going to come in power, and the word "power" of the Holy Spirit there is the word "Dunamis," and it's the place where we get the word "dynamite from. And I could really go down a bunny trail here about being the fuse with the Holy Spirit, you know and the, the power, but, but I'm not going to because I want to use it, and we might do that another time. I want to stick to this context, my idea about priming the pump uh, to live as Jesus' disciples. And then I thought about this old song. Uh, and I, if you didn't know my strategic reference, you may not know this song either. But um, this, the Kingston Trio did a song called Desert Pete. And uh, no Kingston Trio for your hands. Okay, that's fine. And, and um, this song talks about a water pump in the middle of the desert. And in order for the pump to work, it had to be primed with water. And, and so left under a rock nearby was a note from this guy, Desert Pete and enough water in a jar to prime the pump so that you could get all the water you needed. And even though you were thirsty, you would have to pour the little bit of water that you just found in the desert down into this pump to get all the water that you really needed. And the chorus goes like this. You've gotta prime the pump. You must have faith and believe. You've gotta give yourself of yourself before you're worthy to receive. Drink all the water you can hold. Wash your face, cool your feet. Leave the bottle full for others. Thank you kindly, Desert Pete. That's the chorus of this song, and the song goes on to describe this uh, cowboy who's moving through the desert and he's dying of thirst, and he and he he stumbles on this water pump. It's it's like a miracle, and he he finds the note and he finds the jar of water, and and now he's he's got this dilemma. See, and and he this is how the song goes. Um, from the cowboy's viewpoint. Well, I found that jar, and I'll tell you, nothing was ever prettier to my eye. And I was tempted strong to drink it because that pump looked mighty dry. But the note went on, have faith, my friend, there's water down below. You've got to give until you get. I'm the one who ought to know. So I poured in the jar, and I started pumping, and I heard a beautiful sound of water bubbling and splashing up out of that hole in the ground. I took off my shoes and I drunk my fill of that cool, refreshing treat. I thank the Lord and thank the pump and thank Old Desert Pete. So that's the song. And I, I thought that's a great picture, see, because you've got you to gotta take um, sort of what you've got and, and you, you have to offer that back to God in order to step into everything that he has for you. And that, that we need to sort of prime this pump every day with a series of things, simple things, that help us remember what the day is all about and what we're living for and what, what, what we're here for and, and the bigger picture of life. And so over the next weeks, we're, we're going to develop this thing that I'm, I'm calling the Disciples Heart Primer together. And I have these, these seven things that I, I've put together over, over time um, that, that are done very quickly, really. This is a 15-minute process, probably. Um, in, in the morning, and then there's more to it later on. But but to get going, there's about 15 minutes, and these things um, help me to really stay focused. And, I, and I've been introducing other people to it, and and getting feedback, and it's helping them too. When you when you do these simple things, it helps you to really stay connected all day to be the the, the disciple you want to be. The the spirits will. I start every day willing, but my flesh is weak sometimes, and I get off track. And and I'm I'm amazed at how often I'll, I'll struggle over something that i shouldn't and and you know you, you heard my gym story those are here last week something stupid like that i now i realize i have this other new thing um where um, uh, one of the scriptures i read every day is that our struggle is not against flesh and blood and now that they've put this two lane thing in big pine when you when you turn left at the light when you're coming from like say the blue hole whatever from win dixie and you make a left at the light on US-1 to head that direction. There's two lanes when you go, and it goes down to one lane. Okay, and you think I would grow through this. And I know that the right lane is the lane that stays full, and they have to merge from the left lane. So I move over to the right lane, and I just stay there. And people are always pushing that left lane business. You know what I mean? Where they, they, they won't move over when they should. They keep trying to get one or two or three more cars or something, and they, and they, they work over there. And, and it, I have to check myself constantly because what I want to do is ignore them and not budge an inch. <laughs> and in fact, none, I'm sure none of you ever do this. If I see it happen, I'll even try and speed up sometimes to make sure they don't get that. And, and so some of you are giggling, you get it. And I, then I think to myself, it doesn't make any difference. If they get in front of me, it makes no difference at all in my life. If people want to come around me on the left, I'm just going another hundred yards anyway. It's not going to change my time. And, and, I, and so then, I, but see, look, when I'm into my disciples' heart, I understand that the struggle isn't against flesh and blood. For whatever reason, that person becomes a target to me in that vehicle. It's not about them. You know what the real issue is? And I realize it when I can. The struggle is that the enemy f- figures out that that's something he can stir in me, and he stirs it up. And he gets my attention off of what's important. It's not about those people. It's, not, it's, in, it's, it's in me. It's what, why, why in the world do I care? If, if 50 cars want to go by me, I don't care. Do you get it? Why has it become a sticking point? But it has. And, and, and if I'm not paying attention, those kind of things pull me off course from what matters. And so we, we have to look at those things. And, if, and maybe, that doesn't, maybe that's not your thing at all, but I bet you got your thing. And it, it, it'll stir you up. And so we have to stay on track. And so I have these seven things that we're going to talk about. Not tonight. We're almost done. Um, but we're going to talk about them in the weeks ahead. How, and these are the things that I, I, I work through every day. There's verses that go with it. I memorize most of these verses, but I read them every day, this series of verses. I, I start by getting focused. That's the A. Uh, and I use verses in Hebrews 10, 19 through 25. We've talked about some of this a couple of years ago. We went through some of these verses together. I want to get them back into you. And even then, I encourage you to memorize them. We're going to work on it again and memorize them. I'm going to break them down a verse at a time, and we're going to talk about them is such a wonderful chunk of verses. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience, having our bodies washed with pure water. And let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. And let us not give up meeting together, some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. I just think about that every day. I think that's how I start my day, that verse. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, just that changes my day. So we have to get focused. We have to get thankful in the second thing. In Philippians 4, 4-8, rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all the Lord is near. And he goes on from there about the peace of God. We have to get connected. Matthew 6, 9-13, through 13, most of you know that, the Lord's Prayer. I, just take some time and pray through that and what it means. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. We have to get dressed spiritually. That's D. Ephesians 6, 12-8, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers, the authorities, the powers, the spiritual forces of evil, and and on from there. We have to get encouraging. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8, those are the love verses. Love is patient, love is kind, doesn't envy, doesn't boast. We think about getting encouraging. Then these last two are the ones I've added recently. I think you'll like these. F, um, this just kind of gets me on track, is this. It's get her done. (laughs) And it's get her done. Woo! Get her done. And it's Matthew 6, 33, and Matthew 7, 12. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Matthew 7, uh, 12, treat others the way you want to be treated. Those, that's what I want to go out and do. I want to do those things. Seek his kingdom treat others the way I want to be treated. That gets me through and gets me going in the day. And then that last one, G, very similar to the get her done. It's get her done, and uh, this time it's with a question mark. It's a reflection at the end of the day. How'd you do? I like to go back every day and ask myself, how'd you do today? What was your strength? What were your weaknesses? What were your victories? What were your failures? Who'd you pray for? Who didn't you pray for that you should have prayed for? How'd it go? And, and these things help so much in, in trying to do the three things that I know it's all about. Being thankful, encouraging others, and living by doing the next right thing. And so... We are, we're developing some tools for you that we're going to be giving out in the time ahead. We're going to try and help everyone um, really grab a hold of this so that we can be the disciples that he's called us to be, the, the followers that he's called us to do, that we can love like he loved and think like he saw, thought and see like he saw and, and serve like he served, and, and that our disciples' hearts can flourish. I want this to be a, a season where your, your disciples' hearts just flourish among everything else in life that, that you'd be able to look back and go, oh, man, really, at that point, I remember. When my heart just took off for the Lord. And, and that's my hope as we move on, to, to live focused lives on him, thankful lives, encouraging lives, knowing who he is. And so, so even when the flesh is weak, you've got to prime the pump. You must have faith and believe. You've got to give of yourself before you're worthy to receive. Drink all the water you can hold. Wash your face. Cool your feet. Leave the bottle full for others. Thank you kindly. Desert Pete. Think about that this week. Work on, you know, I always try to make it practical. Three things. Being thankful. Encouraging others. Living by doing the next right thing. And we're going to dig deeper into it in the weeks ahead. Amen? Amen. Uh, If you're watching on television or by video, thank you for watching, being a part. Um, We love you. God bless you. If there's anything we can do for you, call us, write us, email us, check us out on the website, whatever you need to do. And uh, we'll do whatever we can for you. But we're going to close here tonight in prayer.